0: Hello and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. What's up, everybody? Come on, make some noise if you love Jesus. Well, well, well. Good to see you. you, Wasn't last week awesome? Man, Resurrection Weekend, it was just amazing, amazing, amazing. First of all, I want to welcome all of our guests. If you're a guest in the house, we want to say welcome to Embassy City Church. We are so delighted that you're here. And we hope that you feel loved, that you feel seen, that you feel accepted. And most of all, that you feel the presence of the Lord. Because He's here. He's been here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Depend on if you're KJV or not, right? If you're KJV, it's liberty. If you're that ESV, it's freedom. They both mean the same thing. We're so delighted that you're here. If you're online, thank you so much for joining us online, our Vitamin E family. Can we give it up for all those that are watching online? So last week was a big weekend, and I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everybody that made that weekend happen. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, two times. uh, The worship teams, the parking lot teams, the guest central, like everybody, kids' teams, come on. Can we make some crazy noise for all those that made it happen? My goodness. These weekends happen because of so many people that serve so faithfully and they're contributing their time treasure and talents and I'm just so thankful for all of you that serve so faithfully and hey, if you're in this place and you feel prompted to serve uh, I would encourage you to sign up here's why not only will we benefit but you'll benefit yeah. uh, and here's the thing like we want to see the gift that God's given you yeah. if God's gifted you to be like the most friendliest person in the world we want to experience that We want you to be involved in what God is doing here, so be sure to sign up. Okay, so today we're kicking off a new series we're calling Connected. And I'm really excited about this because it is our relationship series. Now, let me add some clarification. Because normally, you know, when you say relationship series, uh, people are like, I don't need no relationship advice. (laughs) It's usually romantic, right? So on the one extreme, you have people that are single. They're like, I don't need no man in my life. (laughs) I'm enjoying my singleness. (laughs) Then on the other spectrum, you have those that have been married for 50 years. They're like, ain't nothing changed. (laughs) Uh, But I just want to clarify that when we talk about relationship, this whole series is going to be about us talking about relationships in every context not just in a romantic context and in dating and in marriage, but also your relationship with God, yeah. your relationship with friends. It's, there are a lot of things that involve relationships, and so that's what we're going to talk about. So you don't want to miss any of the weekends. If you miss one, go back and watch it, because they're all going to tie in together. Amen? Amen? All right, get your Bibles. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, the book of Genesis chapter 2. How many people brought a an actual paper Bible let me hear you oh yeah how about the electronic ones <laughs> that better be everybody what about the screens scream for the screen <laughs> y'all were a little more quiet <laughs> um, how many note takers do we got Woo, yeah that's what I said Hey, if you're not a note taker, let me encourage you to be one. And here's why. And this has been proven scientifically, but when you take notes, it does imprint the information more deeply into your mind. But notes are great because you get to reflect on them throughout the week and see what the Lord spoke to you on the weekend. It's a good way to go, oh, that's why you said that, God. That's why you had me write it down. So be a note taker. And I would encourage you especially to do so during the series and starting today, because we're going to be in this word. Is that all right? All right, Genesis chapter 2, verse number 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Notice he didn't say, I will make a helper for him. Uh Uh-oh. Ooh, he's about to get real today. To fall upon the man and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called. Whoa, man. I had to do it. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Somebody say amen. It is very important that as we talk about relationships from the biblical perspective, in a biblical context, that we go to the word of God. Because God defines relationships. In fact, it's the very first thing that he defined. And so we're going to go to the Word of God to see what does God have to say about relationships. And the world has its own definition of what relationships should look like. And then God has his definition. And so we're going to do our due diligence and go to see what does God say about relationships. And so the topic for today, the title for today is First Things... First, I'm the realest. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we say thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to be in your presence. I pray that in the next few moments, as we dig into your word, you give us ears to hear, hearts receive, and a mind to understand. Do what only you can do. Move as only you can move. We give your name the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. 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 Uh, When we talk about relationships and connections, we have to understand that all of us feel the need to be connected to something or someone. There is an innate desire within all of us to be in communion, to be connected. In fact, you are born into this world literally connected by your umbilical cord your umbilical cord connected you to the mother that supplied you with enough resources and sustenance for you to grow and then when your birth guess what we cut your umbilical cord but we don't cut the desire to be connected and, and because we have this desire to be connected, uh, we join specific clubs, or we join certain political parties, or we want to be part of groups that we feel like aligns with our worldview. And a uh, lady by the name of Brene Brown, she defines connection as connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, or valued. And here's the crazy part. We live in a culture that is the most connected and yet disconnected society ever. Yeah. Like we have been fooled into thinking that just because we're connected to somebody on social media that we know them. We can have thousands of friends on social media. We can, be, we can have hundreds of followers. And because we see snippets of people's lives and we see highlight reels, we somehow think that we know this person. Our society right now is suffering from false connectionism. In fact, some research has been done and they found that one in three people say that they feel lonely. And then, you know, we had the pandemic just a few years ago and it just exacerbated the problem of loneliness. And then we have this independence culture that we live in. I don't need nobody, I can do bad all by myself. Girl boss. I don't need no man. I'm handling business. I buy my own Louis Vuitton. Hustle bros. Boypreneurs. I ain't got time for no relationship. I'm securing the bag right now. We have this culture of independence. I-N-E-E-P. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and But these are the same people that have profiles on Bumble, Match.com, eHarmony, Plenty of Fish, Hinge, and some of y'all swiping left and right, left and right. <laughs> The reality is that all of us want to be connected. All of us desire to be in relationship. And here's the fact. You are given that desire to be connected by God. God's idea is for you to be connected. It was God's intended purpose that when you were born, you were born innately with a desire to be in connection and to be in relationship. And so in order for us to understand it, let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26, because it's important if we're going to understand the plan of God for relationships and connection, let's go to the beginning when relationships were first mentioned. And it's mentioned in Genesis, which is called the book of beginnings, chapter 1, verse number 26. Here it is. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, there are two words in this passage that I want to highlight real quick. The first is the word Man. The word man here in this passage can be, is translated as the word mankind or the human race. Now, I want to address this because there is a philosophy, there's a train of thought that believes that only male, a man, a male species is created in the image of God and that the woman is created in the image of man. That's not biblical because let's look at the Bible. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So from the jump, God says, I've created both male and female to reflect the image of myself. Yes. Women are not just to reflect the image of another man. That's not the plan of God. God created both men and women to reflect the image and glory of God in your own uniqueness. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's the word. Oh, I'm going to be cooking in here today. The second word that I want to highlight is the word image. This word, image of God, is the phrase imago dei, which means to be an image bearer or to be a representative. Now, understand this passage is telling us that when God got ready to make mankind, he made both male and female to reflect his image or to be image bearers, right? So that means that as a woman, you reflect the image of God, and as a man, you reflect the image of God. God created two individuals uniquely distinct in sexuality, right, but he also also created them uniquely equal. This place ought to be exploding right now. (laughs) Your equalness, your power, your authority comes from the definition that God gives you, right? So we are created in the image and likeness of God. What does it mean to be an image bearer? It means to reflect the nature and the character of God. And here's, here's the reason why God created both Adam and Eve. Because God says, I want you to reflect who I am. Now, who is God? God in himself is relational. We have to go no further than to even look just at the nature and the characteristic of who God is. God is, the Godhead is comprised of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are uniquely distinct and yet are in perfect communion and relationship and fellowship. And that, that's, that's what makes one God three in one. God is in fellowship with himself. Yeah. Well, but God didn't stop there. God also then created the angels to be in relationship with the angels. Now listen, you're God all by yourself. If God was an introvert, who just wanted to hang out with himself, he would not have created people. Because some of us, if we had God-like power, <laughs> we'd be getting rid of some people, you know what I mean? <laughs> But God loves to be in relationship. He is exemplifying connection within himself, but he also does it with the angels. So when he created Adam and Eve, he created them to be in relationship. Right. So now let's, let's look at this passage because Genesis chapter 1 gives us kind of a quick summary of what happened on the sixth day. And then Genesis chapter 2 begins to kind of unfold in, in story form exactly what happened. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2 verse number 18. Here's what the Bible says. Then the Lord God said, this is after he placed Adam, he created Adam, and placed him in the garden. Then he said, the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now, this is every introvert's, like, worst nightmare. Yeah. You, you got to write this down. It is not good for you to be alone. And here's the thing. If, you're, if you attend Embassy City every week and you're an introvert, I'm sorry. <laughs> because for about 60 seconds, every introvert goes into a state of paralysis and panic and then all the extroverts are like, come here, girl, you need a hug. <laughs> and all the introverts are like, no, but God has designed us so that we do not live alone. So you have to ask this question, why was it not good for man to be alone? Because when you look at the creation order, the first five days always end, every day ended with, and the evening and the morning was the first day, and the evening and the morning was the second day. And then the phrase after that, it says, and God saw that it was good. So when God created the skies, he saw that it was good. When God created uh, the the birds of the air, he saw that it was good. When he divided the, the earth from the sky, he saw that it was good. And when he got to the sixth day and he created, when he got to man, he did not say that man was not good, but he looked at man in a state of isolation and said, That is not good. So why is it that God looks at man being alone and saying it's not good for man to be alone? It's because God's plan for mankind cannot be accomplished in isolation. Think about this. When God blessed Adam and Eve, his plan for Adam and Eve was to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. It is impossible for mankind to be fruitful and multiply unless they're in relationship with another human. Did you know, this may come as a revelation, did you know that men cannot have babies by themselves? (laughs) Did you know that women don't lay eggs that contain little humans in them by themselves? It takes the union of male and female coming together to be fruitful and multiply. God designed from the very beginning that it requires connection and relationship to fulfill his purpose. This is not just isolated to romantic instances, but God has designed you that you cannot fully express the image of God and do the purpose of God in isolation. You have to be in relationship with other human beings. This is how God has designed it. Now, think about this. God is the one that created Adam alone. And, and God could have just been like, whoops. <laughs> who, told, who told God that this wasn't good? You know it wasn't the angels. Nobody was looking at Adam in isolation and been like, Gabe to Michael, yo, man, go tell God this ain't right, fam. <laughs> They just watched Lucifer get kicked out of heaven. They weren't about to mess up anything. <laughs> Michael and Gabe was like, Yo, it don't look right, but y'all know what happened to Lucifer. You know what I'm saying? We got a good gig, fam. <laughs> He's down there roaming the earth. We out here singing on harps. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is great. They weren't about to mess that up. God himself looked down at his creation alone in isolation and said, that's not good. Right. So so when God when God looks at Adam and he says, that's not good, we would think that the next thing that God would do is just produce a helpmeet for him. But God doesn't do that. The scripture tells us that after God created Adam and noticed that Adam was in isolation, he didn't immediately create another human being to connect to Adam. God says, the first thing I need you to do, Adam, is I need you to establish a relationship with me. Because when you establish a relationship with me, I will give you the essential package that is necessary for you to develop healthy human relationships. And if we're not careful, we can have this desire to be in relationship and we'll try to find our fulfillment in another person instead of going to God. We got to go to what creation order looks like. Creation order looks like this. God says, first of all, before I bring Eve and Adam together, I need Eve to establish a relationship with me. Now, now, now I got to tell you a story about a guy I know who was dating a girl, and two things happened. Basically, he he knew that he wasn't going to marry her, and two is he felt God call him into a season of singleness where he just devoted himself to God. But the way the breakup happened was less than ideal. So, so basically, this guy felt the call to go preach full-time. So he goes and start preaching um, full-time. And in the same time he's doing this, he meets somebody long distance, right? And so they don't really see each other that much. They've been talking a little bit, you know, AOL, IMs. And, you know, <laughs> some of y'all are like, what is AOL? <laughs> 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 right, right. So they're just talking and so he's he's out here trying to do the will of God. So then he gets called out to go preach in the area that she lives in. And when he gets there, he quickly realizes, like, yeah, this is not gonna work. But but he doesn't know how to just tell her, hey, it's not gonna work, right? So he waits until two weeks before Christmas. What? <laughs> two weeks before Christmas. To, to, he thinks to soften the blow, I'm going to get her a Christmas gift as well. So he goes and buys a, a Christmas card and gets like a $100 Visa gift card. They go out to eat, right? He's quiet the whole time. He's sweating bullets. His palms are sweaty. Knees weak. No, well, i got I Well, I went off track. But he's like, how do I break this news? And so he goes to drop her off, right? And he's sweating bullets, trying to figure out, how do I tell her that it's over? But instead, he hands her the Christmas card. She opens it, and she's like, oh, my goodness. You know, and she's she's thanking him. And then he follows that by saying, hey, I need to talk to you about something. To which she replies, are you breaking up with me? And he's like, well... It's not you, it's me. (laughs) So that's the the end of the story. He walks into the door and he leaves and he's devastated because he's like, I don't think I did that right. (laughs) But here's what's crazy. So he, he breaks up with her on a Thursday, right? He's about to go home because no doors are opening. He's not preaching anything, even though that's what he feels called to do. When he takes that step of obedience of of breaking that off and concentrating on God, on Friday, he gets a phone call from a pastor that says, hey, can you preach for me on Sunday? He goes and preaches for the guy on Sunday. Then that guy says, hey, can you come back the next week? Next thing you know, it opens up The doors like crazy, and he walks into the new year and preaches over 270 times at 50 different churches in his season of singleness. And then the next year comes, right after his year of commitment, and he meets a girl two days into the new year who he ends up marrying and having kids with, and they live happily ever after. That guy was me. help us a a young guy in here has got to break it with somebody break it off bro and do it right i know i didn't do it right because like 10 months later she said hey are we gonna i said i I guess i wasn't clear the first time (laughs) now it's over (laughs) i'm just being vulnerable with y'all you know i'm just sharing my heart there's two lessons here number one if you're gonna break it off just break it off (laughs) Number 2 is it is probably a better idea for you to establish a relationship with God before you enter into a relationship with another person. Look how I just made that story preach. <laughs> the reality that I devoted to God I literally devoted to God I didn't talk to no girls I didn't get no no emails I didn't get no phone numbers and let me tell you when these pastors try to hook it up man I had them do the craziest things I'm talking about hey I need you to meet sister so and so (laughs) nah I'm single for this year and I wasn't even looking, we'll talk about this in the, next, in the next couple of weeks, but I wasn't even looking, but the two days into the new year, I meet Janice, and we end up getting married. And the reason why I tell you this is because for most of us, when we feel that need to be connected, we try to find that in somebody else. And God established from the very beginning that when you feel the need to be connected, I agree with you, it's not good for man to be alone, but the first relationship you need to have is with me. And here's why that's important, because when you establish a relationship with God, God will give you the essentials package that help you develop good, healthy human relationships. So let's look at the word of God. I'm gonna I wanna talk about this. I'm gonna give you four things that God gave that gives to us when we establish a relationship with Him. And I'm gonna call these the relationship essentials. Yeah. Number one is God gives you identity. Now, look at what God did with Adam. God said, I'm going to make Adam in my image and in my likeness. Now, I want you to pay attention to that. God did not look at Adam and say, Adam, I'm going to make you in the image of the cow. I'm going to make you in the image of the monkey. I'm going to make you in the image of something else. God says from the very get go, Adam, I need you to understand that you get your identity. You get your representation. You get your purpose, your calling. You get who you are from me. If we're not careful, if we don't get our identity from God, we will try to find our identity in somebody else and can i tell you this if you don't find your identity in god somebody else will give you an identity the reason why god gave adam his identity first before he met eve is because god wanted him to be secure and who god created him to be before he presents himself to somebody else if you don't know who you are before you enter into a relationship you will have a crisis of identity in the relationship and this is not just true of romantic relationships, it's also true of every relationship. Yeah. Have you ever seen these people? They haven't gotten their identity in God, so then guess what they do? They change their identity depending on who they're dating. Hey, have y'all seen these people? One moment they're a rocker because their boyfriend plays in a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next moment they're an intellect because they're dating a professor. The next moment, they're super spiritual because they're dating a pastor. And then they're wilding out because I'm dating a DJ. (laughs) If you don't find your identity in God, your identity will constantly change depending on who you're with. You will be a chameleon, turning whatever color depending on what environment you are in. So God says to Adam, before I put you in a human relationship. I need you to derive who you are from me. This is why image of God means imago Dei. It means to be an image bearer. Do you bear the image of God or do you bear the image of your spouse? I'm going to let that cook for a minute. Whose image do you bear? Do you bear the image of your business partner or do you bear the image of God in the partnership? God says, before you enter into a human relationship, I need you to get who you are from me. Here's why. God didn't pattern Adam after another person. God's identity for Adam was original. When God identifies you, He identifies you as original. There is no one like you. You don't have the same fingerprint. You don't have the same retina. You don't have the same brain. (laughs) Some of y'all were like, I know that's right. You don't have the same voice. There are all types of just biologically unique patterns within you that aren't the same for anyone else. Because God gives you your identity. Here's the second thing that God gives you. God gives you boundaries. Oh, y'all want word. Okay, I got you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse number 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You shall surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God provided Adam with boundaries before he met Eve. Why? Because if he didn't have boundaries before he met Eve, he wouldn't know where the line was. Too many people enter into relationships and their boundaries move because they never established boundaries before they got into the relationship. Here's the thing. If you don't have boundaries before the relationship, you will violate every boundary. Can I get plain and simple? If you haven't determined that you're not going to do certain things in a relationship, if that person doesn't have the same boundaries, they will pull you to their side. So that's why we have people that say, like, man, I never intended to have sex. And then they're having sex, and they're left out in the cold because you didn't establish the boundary and walk into the relationship saying, hey, listen, this is a forbidden fruit. Let me ask you this question. What fruits will you not eat? We talk about fruits you will eat, but boundaries are things that you will not eat. God says to Adam, I need you to have boundaries before you meet Eve. Why? Because you you can get so enamored by the relationship that you're going to have a moving line. And we know this is to be true because when God, here's what's interesting, after Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God comes in the cool of the day, God says, Adam! (laughs) Yo, man! He doesn't call Eve. He says, Adam! What have you done? Why did God address Adam? Because God knew that Adam knew, I gave you this boundary before Eve ever showed up. I told you not to eat of the fruit before you were ever into another relationship. God has told you not to do certain things before you met that person. And we cry about all the things that we do after we met the person, and God's like, sir, I told you not to. Before you have, Because look, look, this is human nature, right? God says, hey, what have you done? And Adam instinctively goes, the woman you gave me. <laughs> and God's like, excuse me, I gave you the boundaries before you ever met the woman. Yeah. If you don't establish boundaries before you get into a relationship, you will have no boundaries. Yeah. Your boundaries will be determined by the person that you are with. Yeah. If you don't have boundaries of business... Before you enter into a business partnership, you're going to look up five years from now and wonder what happened. Yeah. Well, you never presented. There are some things that I'm not going to hear. Some non-negotiables. And the moment that you caused me that you want me to eat from this fruit, this relationship is over. Right, God. God. God loves boundaries. He, we know this. This is demonstrated in the Ten Commandments. Right, when God uh, goes to Israel, He goes, "Hey, listen, I'm going to give you some precepts. I'm going to give you some commandments that I want you to adhere. And, and these are going to be the boundaries. These are going to be the establishments, the, the 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 covenants that I'm making with you to be in a good relationship. And if you look at the contents of the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments have to do with our relationship. Vertically, with God. If you go read them, it has to do everything with, hey, if I'm going to be your God, here are the four things that you need to make sure that you have boundaries around. The other six commandments have to do with our relationship horizontally with other people. So God, even in the Ten Commandments, establishes the first relationship that you need to make sure that you shore up is the relationship that you have with me. And only when you've got that right can you have relationship with other people. But, But the fact is, you need boundaries that come from... God. Oh, yeah, I want some more word. I got you. Here's the third thing that God gives you. God gives you purpose. Let's go back to the word of God. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 19. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast. Now, now let me give you context. God just created Adam. He looks at Adam in verse number 18 and says, It is not good for man to be alone. Immediately following that, that declaration that it's not good for man to be alone, God then says, now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name the man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. The first thing that God provides Adam when he recognizes that Adam is alone is a J-O-B. God says... Before you enter into a relationship with somebody else, I'm going to give you purpose. I'm going to give you something to do. There are too many people jobless trying to be in relationships. Literally and figuratively. You putting dinners on credit cards. Well, oh, I just got too real. I'm sorry. Listen, if she ain't cool with eating McDonald's with you, You need to rethink this thing, right? Can I tell you that when Janice and I started off, we were looking at the dollar menu. Two items apiece. Cup of water, please. Soda was a luxury, you know what I'm saying? What you're talking about? Soda was a luxury. And even if we got a soda, we splitting it. One Sprite, two straws, please. You need to find your purpose in God first. Yes. Yes. If you don't find your purpose in God, somebody's going to hand you a purpose. Okay. Yeah. And there are too many people in relationships looking for a person in the other, looking for purpose in the other person. Hey, can you tell me what I'm good at? Hey, can you tell me what kind of job you think I should do? Hey, can you, can you tell me, like, you know, what am I, like, like what do you think my calling is? And, and we, we enter into relationships and put all this pressure on somebody else to define our purpose. When God says, if you would just come to me, I'll give you a job. God looks at Adam and says, Adam, before I let you meet Eve, I'm going to give you purpose. I'm going to give you something to do. I'm going to engage your intellect. I'm going to engage what your capabilities are. It is important to find your purpose in God. Because if you don't find your purpose in God, you will struggle with your purpose in terms of the other person. Here's why it's important to find your purpose before you find your person. If you don't find your purpose before you find the person, you will put pressure on the person and the person will put pressure on you to define your purpose. A lot of marriages and relationships are strained because either one of the people don't know what their purpose are and they're frustrated at the other person for not defining it for them. In my year of singleness... I knew exactly what God was calling me to do. God made it plain and simple. You are called to be in ministry. So when Janice and I met, I already knew what God's called me to do, and I was able to tell her, I'm called to be a preacher. Well, I told her nonprofit first, but <laughs> don't hate on my game, it worked, y'all. But Janice knew up front, this is what God's called me to do. What has God called you to do? Oh, Lord, that's a message right there, isn't it? Because purpose isn't transferable. (laughs) This is my purpose. I just need to see if you can fit into my plan. God called Adam and Eve. He gave both of them purpose. Yes. He didn't give Adam purpose and say, hey, Eve, help him out. Yes. God said, I want them to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. God gives you purpose as an individual And when you can find your purpose as an individual, you come into a relationship complete. And that person comes into the relationship complete. And it defines where you're heading. We in the crockpot today. Here's the thing. Here's what the scripture says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Too often, people will seek first the relationship and then want all these things to be added to them. And God's up there like, you going to ask me my opinion? (laughs) Are you going to find your purpose in me? Because God gives you perfect purpose. Your purpose gets convoluted when you add the opinions of men to it. So it's important that you get it from God. Because God's will for your life is perfect. Notice this. God brought the animals to Adam to name. So God gives him a directive. I want you to name the animals. What should I name them? This is where I allow you to engage your intellect. I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the gifting. I'm going to give you all the things necessary to accomplish the purpose, and then I'm going to put you into an environment where you get to utilize your gifts and your talents to accomplish the purpose that I've presented to you. Somebody needs to go back and listen to that whole thing. This is how you find your purpose. It, it, God doesn't always go, bam, it's exactly, exactly, exactly what you think. Boom, I give you all the talents and the purpose, and now I've given you the golden seat to sit in, and bam, that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. No, God presents you with opportunities for you to utilize your gifts and talents. And in doing so, that's how you discover your purpose. I would imagine that there are some things that, like some animals that Adam looked at and been like, I don't know. Giraffe. No, that don't sound right. Rhinoceros. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's engagement in him naming the animals. You don't have to automatically, right off the bat, know exactly what you're doing. There is, oh, it's okay to have trial and error. It's okay to try something like, that ain't it. <laughs> I, I changed my major in college like five times, y'all. Until I knew, hey, this is time to graduate. <laughs> but I knew I wouldn't call to be no IT man. Like, that just wasn't my personality. Here's the fourth thing that God gives you. God gives you rest. These are relationship essentials. Let's go to the word of God. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 21. So this is after God has given Adam identity. He's given him boundaries. He's given him purpose. Then verse number 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and... Say this phrase with me, while he slept. Somebody say it again, while he slept, while he slept, again, while he slept, again, while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woe, man. I have to do it every time. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, that they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Isn't it interesting that after God looked at Adam in his isolation and said, it's not good for man to be alone. But then he gave him something to do. And while Adam was doing the will of God, God says, Now is the time that I'm going to provide him a partner. But God did not ask Adam his opinion. God didn't give Adam options. God wasn't like, Hey, Adam, pick one. (laughs) God said, I'm going to provide you the perfect partner. And both of you are going to accomplish my will and my purpose. But I need you to shut your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And shut your mouth. God did not want Adam involved in the creation of his perfect partner too many of us are wide awake trying to dictate to God what we think is the right fit and the reason is you got too much time on your hands go to sleep you're too anxious go to sleep because when you're anxious and you're sleep deprived you make mistakes you'll start picking partners based on looks you start picking partners based on what you think they can add to what you got going on God says no I'm going to provide you with the right one but I need you to get out of the way go to sleep Rest. How do you know that you are in the perfect will of God? Here it is. Somebody needs to write this down. You can sleep and let him work. Here is the measurement of whether or not you're in the will of God. You can sleep and let him work. And when you wake up, Adam was like, this ain't no monkey. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) I was looking at the gorillas and I'm like, that ain't it. This makes sense. I know this because the Bible says that when Adam was naming the animals, there was no one fit to be his partner. So you know Adam was looking. (laughs) I don't think that's going to work. I'm not even attracted to you, rhinoceros. Uh, (laughs) You would crush me, elephant, like this. You're cute and all, but... When God creates the perfect partnership for you, you just know, yeah. this is it, yeah. at last. Yeah, it bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Yeah, sir. Yeah, sir. Whoa, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's become one immediately. Yeah, it literally says and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed woo <laughs> <laughs> yes I thought I was dreaming it ain't a dream, it's real <laughs> this is what happens this is what relationships are supposed to look like relationships with other people is supposed to look like you can be vulnerable you can be naked, you can be exposed and you can be glad about it If you establish the relationship with God first, you get the essentials package for how every other relationship in your life looks. That's the will of God. That is the plan. How do I know it's the plan of God? We just went through the Bible. This is the order that God set up. So you may be in this place and you're like, hey, I hear you, but I've been married to Earl for 35 years. We done been to every marriage conference and I'm telling you that man is not changing. And Earl's like, Well Ethel, you ain't changed either. <laughs> if your name is Earl or Ethel, I apologize. <laughs> ah, well, it ain't working. It's okay. Cause the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What if you're in this place and you're like, you know what? My marriage actually fell apart and it was unexpected. Or I'm seeing somebody else walk through this right now and like, like, how do I, I can't go back and take 20 years back off my life. like, this, and I'm in conversation with people all the time. They've been married for a while and then they have an identity crisis and they're like, I just, I feel like I wasted 20 years. It's never too late to go back to the creation order. It's never too late to go back to the creation order. So if you're married, this is what I would tell you. Go home today, even in the, in the car, and say, Bae, let's make sure God's first. Let's make sure we derive our identity from God, that we derive our our boundaries from God, that we derive our purpose from God, that we can rest in God. If you're dating right now, go back to the Word of God. Realign yourself. If you're single right now, that's the best time to establish this. You may be called to singleness forever. Paul talks about this, right? Is that some people have been given the gift of celibacy. Great. This is your pattern for your life. Well, I've been through a divorce. You get to start over. Right? The word of God doesn't change. Put God first and everything else will work out right in your human relationships. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now, God, for allowing us to be in your house. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to us. I pray, Lord God, that we would meditate on your word and that we would allow your word to capture our hearts and change us from within. I pray for every individual that hears this word that you would speak to them specifically about what you want them to know and do give your name all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And somebody say amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit EmbassyCity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at YouTube.com forward slash Embassy City Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text Embassy City all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.